Welcome one, welcome all to the Simple Politics Podcast. I'm your host and political kitten, Kobe Monaco. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Diane and Tatten, our political tigers. How are you guys doing this week? Was that a tiger noise? <laughs> what was that? T- <laughs> yeah, it's tile. I mean, kind of, yeah. Like they don't roar. Lions have really clear roars. You're like, oh, what, is, what noise does a yeah. lion make? Everyone knows that. I think they're a roar. A cheetah's meow, which is amazing. Fantastic, aren't they? Yeah, the best. The most scared I've been in a zoo, which is only once on this one occasion, was in London Zoo in the tiger enclosure. There's like a glass tunnel. Suddenly, randomly inside a glass tunnel, there's a pigeon landed. I was like trying to fly out and kept on hitting the window. And on the other side is the tiger, literally about 20 metres away. But it saw this pigeon and within a second, it was on this window. And I'd ferociously <laughs> trying to pour this, pour this uh, pigeon. And we're like a metre behind this pigeon. I was like, I don't. We would have just been dead. We would. I would have died if that glass wasn't there. I just completely saw the power of the tiger at that point. But trying to imagine any zoo without the protective bits is quite scary. <laughs> I mean, any time you've been in the zoo, you might well be dead if it hadn't been for all the walls and fences and glass and whatever else. <laughs> this is very true. Let's head to the first section of the podcast. This is where we review the top posts. No, in the, no, no, stop, stop, stop. I've decided that I'm a man of the people, Kobe, and I've decided that we should shift things around and open up, for, uh, probably for one week only, open up with the mailbag, because I want to hear from the listeners. I want to hear from the real, authentic, not made up listeners who have actually sent things in. So we're going to start with the mailbag this week. I'm, I'm looking through the script and this is not sanctioned. Diane, no, have you approved no, this? this is wild. Uh, that's what because you it's wild because you don't care about our listeners it's wild because you just want to sit here on our ivory towers and talk about things i want to i want to be with with our people i care i thought i mean talk about tigers that's quite you know no no that's more elitism that's the elite talk about tigers we put out a story every week and we say, come into our lives and tell us what you want to know about. And that's the authentic voice that I want to hear. So, Diane, do we have any questions or voice notes this week? We have had questions. We have had questions, Tatton. We have a, had one very persuasive and specific question. The person who sent it in said it must, must, imperative that it need, needs answering this week. If you're okay with that. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds really it, important. I think it is. It says this person has said they followed the page since the very beginning and they are called Tatten's mum. Oh, mummy! <laughs> what has this podcast become? <laughs> yeah. A very important question, it must be. I mean, she has, she's been following the page since pandemic, I think. What's the question? We, we can hear from her directly if you'd like. <laughs> oh, yes. I did not know about this, guys. I genuinely, I've no idea what's going on here. This is unprecedented. Let's hear from my mum. Let's hear my mum's voice note. Here we go. Okay. Hello, Tatten. Mummy, <laughs> you never ring me enough. I, I, I've heard a rumour that you've got a new book out. Is that true? My mouth is open right now. (laughs) I can't believe my mum sent a voice note in the style of Diane. Oh, that was savage the way my mum just mocked your voice. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Well, no, thank you very much for that question, Mother Dearest. I have a book out. We're announcing it today. 
this is what I've spent my last six months just solidly on diet. So that's pick up a lot of my work because I've been writing, writing, writing. It is the best writing I have ever done, which doesn't say all that much, I know. But for me, this is the peak. This is, so it's called Politics But Better. And it's an A to Z guide. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Don't, even, don't laugh at that. It's a good name. I like it. This not contrived and constructed genuine question about my book is a very serious part of this podcast, Kobe. And I'd rather you didn't mock my work. I just want people to remember the title. I think it's fantastic. Politics But Better. Uh, in fact, I, I, the title came about because I sent one of my Friday emails out and my publisher saw it and it was called Politics But Better. She's like, that's the book you need to write. So, okay. And it's an A to Z guide to creating a more hopeful future. And so that so it is 26 chapters, A to Z. Each one is just looking at a different problem, a problem that's getting in the way of our politics. It's not arguing for a four-day week. It's not arguing for whatever. It's about how we do politics, how we engage people, how we talk about politics, how we talk about politics to our young people, how we encourage people to vote, all of these things. And there's 26 chapters and they're very varied, and some of them are really, really important and serious, and some of them are really silly and fun. And it's if you like this podcast, this is the, this is the way I write. I write the way I talk. So there's lots, lots of silliness and jokes, but there's actually quite a lot of important things in there. Important question, Tatton. How do we get this book? You get this book. You can pre-order this book right now. If you want to go to Amazon and pop in Politics But Better, you can do that. You can give Jeff Bezos your £14.99 and get a book when it comes out, freshly delivered in September. Or you can go to the link in our bio or search Harbour Books and you will give your money to my local independent bookshop and I will sign all the copies that are bought through there. Or Waterstones has it. You're a local independent bookshop can have it as well. You know, it's a proper published book, so it will be available any way you like to get your books. I would recommend Harbour Books because that's where I'll sign them from. But the flavour is up to you. It's pre-order only and the book doesn't come out until September. Now, we'll move on in a second. I'm not going to talk about it anymore today. It might come up again next week, but I'm not going to talk about it anymore today. <laughs> Pre-orders really matter to this book my name isn't that big right so if we get pre-orders if we get sneak into the bottom reaches of the sunday times bestseller list on pre-orders then the book can go on and do really great things if pre-orders don't quite happen then once it's out it won't be in as many bookshops and you know what if you're not in bookshops you're not selling books so there's a really important cycle. So if you ever want this book, if you think you might buy it at some point, please buy it now. And then you'll have it when it's released in September. If you're thinking it might be nice for Christmas for somebody, please buy it now through Harbour Books. So it's signed nicely for Christmas rather than waiting until November because your purchase will mean a lot more for the success of the book if you buy it now than it will if you buy it then. Although I'm hugely grateful if you'd like to buy it anyway. Politics but better. Search for it wherever you want to get your books. Well, that's it. Well, mailbag's done there. Thank you, Tatton's mum. No problem! <laughs> <laughs> One thing I should say, actually, is we are planning to do a live show in September which should coincide with the book coming out proper. It should be in London. We'll announce the details when it's been when they've been firmed up. But if you want to pre-order the book and bring it to the show and get Tatton to sign it there and then, do listen out for more information on the book. 
other books that these guys have done, the cards, the games, go to spstuff.co.uk and also listen up for information about the live show of this podcast. Hello, I'm Violet Manners and welcome to Hidden Heritage, the podcast that brings you inside Great Britain's favourite destinations. From the same team that brought you the number one history podcast, Duchess, Hidden Heritage will uncover the fascinating stories behind the UK's brightest shining hidden gems. You'll hear from top experts in British heritage, including custodians, historians, artisans, experts, and even the craftsmen and restorers who've worked on some of the most celebrated historic buildings. We will share the untold and unique stories that celebrate UK heritage, from landmarks to architecture, artifacts to myths and legends. Hidden Heritage will highlight a side to British history you have never seen before. I'm your host, Violet Manners, and founder of Heritage X, and I invite you all to join us on this exciting journey. This is Hidden Heritage. You can find Hidden Heritage wherever you listen to your podcasts. Top post this week. What's number three, Tatton? In at number three was Jacob Rees-Mogg. He's always good for a quote, is our Jacob. I watched him quite a bit over the Conservative Party conference during Liz Truss's time when he was in the government. If you watch him speak, he is very ideologically consistent. He believes what he believes, and he believes that what he believes is the best thing for our country, I think. Now, a lot of people don't agree with him. The reason he's good for a quote is because he speaks his mind. He says he doesn't like voter ID. He was in a government that bought in voter ID, but that meant he had to vote for it, which is okay, because if you're in the government, you can disagree with something round the table, round the cabinet table. But then if you're voted down, you then have to support the government's line. This is what the government says, right? You, that, 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 that's how it works. Or you can resign. But clearly, he didn't think that voter ID was a resigning issue. He'd raised his point and it didn't happen. Now he's out the government again. He can say what he wants. He accused the Conservative Party of gerrymandering, which is trying to skew the votes. And he said it didn't work because we found that lots of, it turns out, old people don't have it, don't have ID. So that's what he said. It's caused a lot of furore. I mean, it's in response to Keir Starmer wanting to give the vote to European citizens and 16 and 17 year olds. And there is some suspicion from within the Conservative Party that one of the reasons he would like to do that is because that cohort is more likely to vote Labour, which is why Jacob Rees-Mogg is calling it gerrymandering. And he's saying gerrymandering doesn't work because you might give all these people the vote and they all vote the way you don't want them to vote. So that's where the quote was. We talked about virtual ID quite a few times in this podcast and it's been on the Simple Politics feed. A lot of the comments were based around, well, you shot yourself in the foot, basically. But the way he presented there, Tatton, is he was against it anyway, and he's almost trying to prove himself right in a way. Is that what you're saying there? No, no, I don't think he is. I, th I, th I don't think he feels the need to prove himself right. He's, just, he's arguing against the Labour policy using recent evidence of a policy he didn't really like. There have been two Conservative conferences this week. They've been like right-wing Conservative conferences. I have no idea what's going on. And all the right-wing politicians, all the people on the Conservative Party right have all given speeches. So we've seen Suella Braverman and Priti Patel and Nadine Doris and Jacob Rees-Mogg. 
and Lee Anderson and all the people, all the people who aren't necessarily the favourites of a lot of the people that follow us, or a lot of the commenters anyway. This is what I'm writing about politics with better. This anger at people with whom you disagree, based on snapshots, on quotes, on whatever, rather than sitting down and watching Jacob Rees-Mogg's speech and really identifying what it is you're disagreeing with. Not just the fact that he's a bit posh and he might he probably wears a top hat. Apart from he's privileged and he's rich and he, you know, whatever. Watch the speech. Work out how you disagree with them. And focus your disagreement on that. Not that he's got a double-barreled surname. So we head to the second most popular post. Diane. This second most popular post was all about, you know, that old conundrum. Do we work to live? Do we live to work? A lot of people are advocating and have advocated now for the past few years for a four-day week. It used to be, I remember like 10, 15 years ago, you know, a four-day week being like quite an available thing was almost like it belonged to those companies who had beanbags and giant Jenga in vending machines. You know, it was seen as more a bit of a like... They sound like pubs. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was seen as those very like trendy up-and-coming companies who would do a four-day week. That, That used to be like quite the view of it. And now it's more and more common. We did a massive trial in the UK last year where 60 odd companies signed up and really, really like crunched the numbers on this, on productivity, on well-being for their staff, on did it make recruitment more attractive? Because if you say you've got a four-day role, that obviously might be more attractive for some people. So you get better talent. So you are more productive anyway. A huge majority of them decided to actually keep it on. And this is just extending that again. This post was just saying that a council down in South Cambridgeshire have decided that they're actually taking it beyond the office. So this is another step forward for the four-day working week. And it's going to be frontline workers. So it's going to be the guys who are on the bin collections and bin lorries who are going to get to try it this summer and see how that goes. And people in recruitment are making a lot about this because it is the first time it's properly been done for non-office workers. And that's a great thing that it's not just applying to people who are sat behind desks. So I like that because I think the, whether you like the four day week or not as a concept, like you say, it had always been for the people who sat behind a desk and they can maybe work an extra two hours a day very easily and make up that time that they would spend on the Friday, for example. But you're right. There's no reason, I guess, in theory, why it can apply to refuse collectors as well, for example. They can work for an extra two hours and it might actually help things. It might help to keep the local area free of garbage disposal for a, for a Friday, for example. I don't know. I, I think it's quite interesting. They've got a massive problem with recruitment and making that job attractive. So that is a step forward. And it's not always about working longer. So sometimes it is for some people. But if you've got a four-day week, some of the data says that actually you'll work smarter. And you'll think about what's a priority and what's not a priority. And you might let some meetings might get shorter. You know, that kind of thing. Can it be an email? <laughs> that, that might be some of it. But it doesn't also work for everyone. So even in that hugely big trial that's heralded as like the prover, if you like, of a four-day week, there were still six or seven companies who said, we really tried it. We really tried it. We listened to staff. And it doesn't work for us. So, you know... I think companies giving it a go is certainly a good thing. So we head on to the most popular post this week, Tatton. 
well, it's Mental Health Awareness Week, and the theme was anxiety. I have my own personal page, Tatton Spiller, on uh, Instagram, where I write about mostly my mental health because I'm not really clever enough to write about other people's mental health. So I just kind of write what's going along with me, and people seem to find it quite useful. I've written a series of posts about Asgarsi, actually, but this one we cross-post on Simple Politics to start the Mental Awareness Week. I'm just going to read it. I'm going to read it out loud, and then we can move. There's not much to discuss about it. I'm just going to read the post. On anxiety. Anxiety is a cruel and callous beast. It can shake its gory locks at any time. It never sleeps. It steals joy from the heart. The simplest of choices, plans, or just facing the day become twisted, torn, and battered. When every moment is filled with doubts, with pain, the beast is winning. We've slayed this beast before. We've won that battle, if only for a little while. It's time to strap on my armour. Fetch my sword. Tatton Kipling there. Of all the poets, of all the poets, you went with colonialist Kipling. Well, talking Shere Khan and tigers yeah. <laughs> and staying in that realm. <laughs> Very nice, Tatton. And it's interesting to see that this was the most popular post this week. And the comments below was super supportive as well. So the Simple Politics Instagram, Facebook, Twitter pages are one of the best places on the internet to hang out. SPs are just wonderful people, the SP family. We've got a lovely intern who started this week, and it's, I've just been so proud to show her how great the SP family is. It's, yeah, it's really good. What is the intern's name? Let's give her a shout out. Hi, Mira. Hi, Mira. Hi, Mira. Welcome. Has Mira been tasked with keeping an eye on Rishi Sunak? Because that's where we should go next. I like to give Mira fun and enjoyable jobs, so certainly not. <laughs> we, and this is the PM Watch section, but. It's, it's all a bit wet at the moment. There's a lot of, we were saying the other day that it feels like there's general election fever already. I mean, we're 18 months from a general election. It's going to be, it's going to be a long slog, but we've got lots of policies coming up from all kinds of different people. All the main parties are putting out policies. I was watching a debate, an SMP debate in the Commons the other day, and they were just all saying, not just why they were good, in fact, not much about why they were good, but why the Conservatives and Labour and the SNP deletes applicable. It was a three-way fight. SNP was savage towards Labour and back again, because they're going to fight in Scotland tooth and nail next year. Douglas Ross is the uh, leader of Conservatives in Scotland and is a Conservative MP. He was just one man standing there battling them both. It was just nonsense. And it was all campaigning and no one was suggesting putting forward any reasonable ideas to, this is what my book's about. <laughs> it's about <laughs> doing better than this. It's about, <laughs> it's about doing better than this. What's Rishi Sunak been doing? We had Zelensky again. And what Zelensky said again is that we need more aeroplanes. And we've said, oh, yes, that missile looks nice. How about this missile? He said, aeroplanes, please. We went, oh, that missile is good. Here's the missile. Oh, and we'll train some of your pilots. That's what we're going to train some of their pilots. And what are they going to fly? I don't know. Because <laughs> we can't give them aeroplanes because they can really attack Russia with our aeroplanes. And then that would be us taking on Russia a bit more closely. So that's why we're stuck on the aeroplanes thing. But here's like the only way we win this war is with aeroplanes. So it's a tough gig. And then he's off to the G7, which used to be G8. 
but Russia are no longer considered great enough to be part of the great eight or great seven. I don't think it really stands for great. Is it global? No. <laughs> uh, the gorgeous seven. Yeah. The gorgeous seven meeting in Japan. He's going to talk about Ukraine there. So it's all bits and pieces for the prime minister, but everyone else, while he's away, the mice are playing. Yeah, there's a bit of talk, isn't there, specifically about visas and migration, isn't there, within the Conservatives at the minute. That's something they need to kind of get their ducks in a row over because they're all saying different things. You know, we've got Jeremy Hunt and Rishi Sunak who are saying there are absolutely jobs where we need visas for because... Otherwise, we're going to have a huge number of vacancies or we're going to have harvests not being picked in fields. And, you know, we, for the economy, we need lots of visas to make certain jobs happen. And then we've got on the other side of that, Dwella Braverman and a few others saying, no, we've got people in the UK who can do that. So that's an interesting one. It's exactly what Diane's just talking about is the, is the crystal ball. We've got the announcement on how what net migration was over 2022. And for the year up to the first six months of 2022, it was 500,000, which was a record number of people coming into our country, way more than it was during when we had free movement of people. There were all kinds of numbers being banded about that it could be when it comes out this time next week, there are people saying 700,000, 800,000. I've heard one person say a million it could be. I mean, that's the size of a not even a small city. That's hardly allowing any asylum seekers through. So that's all legal migration. The Conservatives are not going to be happy with that. And the Conservative Party will have some serious rifts in it. And they can talk about things like, well, maybe if you're a mature student, if you're a university student, then you shouldn't be able to bring all of your family with you. Like, you can cut down some of it, but that's not going to make these big cuts. So the Conservatives have abandoned their pledge to get migration, net migration down to the tens of thousands. That's what, that's what I was saying not all that long ago, tens of thousands. And now we're looking at 700 or whatever it might be next week. So my crystal ball is going to kick off when that's released. Well, also, I think we may talk about the book next week as well, possibly. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Politics, but better. Available good bookshops now. <laughs> Pre-order now, guys. Amazon, Waterstone, Tatton's local bookstore, which is called Harbour Books. Well, guys, thank you very much for listening. We are now at the end of the podcast. See you next week. Listen out. Look out, read all the latest news, talking about the book, talking about the live show, talking about politics in the Simple Politics feed, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And also, there's the weekly newsletter that goes out every Friday, which is today, as you're hearing this podcast. Links in Instagram to find out how to sign up to that newsletter. Thank you very much, guys. See you next week. heard a stripped media production.